on this episode of Quantum Week, March 21st through 27th, 1993. Welcome to Quantum Week. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. Quantum Week is a show in which Chris and I leap into a random week of a random year to talk about movies, music, headlines, and our personal stories. And we are in March. 1993 with Groundhog Day and Two Princes by Spin Doctors. Right. Uh, we got a bunch of stuff coming up. Yeah, that's um, right. So we uh, obviously with the Patreon show, and that's going to be uh, tomorrow, if you hear this. Uh, we're doing the uh, movie Falling Down. Yep, and song um, Connected. Oh, yeah. Okay. By Stereo MCs. Uh, and then we have a bonus Patreon coming out, I think probably Friday. Yep. Uh, and it's going to be Oscar preview show. I'm just going to kind of walk through the best picture nominations. I've seen all the movies uh, that have been nominated and then uh, kind of walk through the categories as well. I'm going to give like mini reviews. They'll be, they'll be spoiler free. So um, don't worry about, I, I promise I won't spoil any major plot points. Just kind of give an overview, almost like a, like, you know, uh, like a typical review yeah. would be. Yeah. And kind of, and I'll walk through kind of who I think should win and not necessarily who I, uh, who I expect to win. I mean, you can find those odds anywhere. Yeah. Just kind of walk through of kind of who I, who I would give, who I would vote for, kind of walk through my ballot. Uh, I won't have seen every single movie, uh, like, you know, it's like, I know one woman's up for like uh, USA or America versus Billie Holiday or something. It's the only, I think it's the only, mo- the only nomination is the best actress one, which is a pretty top one, but like, I'm not gonna, you just can't get to it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. do you have, you've seen all best picture and you'll see best director as well. I know at least one I'm going to miss there. It's a one, foreign okay. film, um, which is weird. It's not up for like really anything else but that. But yeah, so that one, but I, there are a few categories. I've seen everything. I'm going to also see a few movies uh, this week until we, we take that show that are, that are, have like, like Ma Rainey's black bottom. I, I want to check that one out. Um, Cause that, that potentially could win some, some high uh, top shelf awards yeah. as well. There's uh, rumors that uh, Chadwick Boseman, is heavy odds on favorite for a best actor there. So I definitely want to check that one out. Okay. Uh, and uh, I've seen a few other ones too. Uh, I've seen, I've seen boy already. So I know that's up for a couple. So um, yeah. So uh, we'll just kind of walk through the Oscar picks. If you're into, you know, uh, if you're interested in any of the movies that just came out, the good news is all of the best picture movies are available on streaming. I watched all of them at home. Yep. Some of them are 20 bucks, which is expensive, uh, but uh, they're available. I think the father and Minari are both available on Amazon prime for 20 bucks a pop. But everything else should be less than that. Some of them are free if you have Netflix or um or Amazon Prime or whatever. HBO or something. Um, yeah. yeah, HBO Max is. Right. I, I saw. I don't know if uh, I I was lucky. I saw um, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah on HBO Max when it was available. It's not available anymore. Yeah. They have that window with the Warner Brothers movies. We only have a month to see it. Right. Um. So um. I think like Godzilla vs Kong is yeah. Now, you gotta get in that there. window right now. You gotta get there. Well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> piece of shit uh but uh yeah so uh so that's fun so that'd be friday so kind of a bonus episode there uh and then uh and then next week we have another huge week uh we're going to 2004 right and we're going to be doing uh the free show so one a week from now is going to be saw saw which is our first real horror i mean we've seen like oh, blair Sarah witch and, and yeah, yeah blair witch can, yeah mm, this is a little different though. i agree oh yeah. i agree yeah um it's this more is, slasher than anything we've covered. Definitely. And then the uh, Patreon show is an- actually another big movie, The Incredibles, right. uh, the Pixar one. So uh, a big, you know, kind of week and a half ahead of us here. Uh, and then we have the t-shirts too. Yep. Um, you're, uh, you, you know, you live through a, a specific time in your life and we call it the lost years. Right. Uh, 97 through 99. So we got a, commemor- a commemorative, yeah, that is a word, t-shirt to honor that time period. It's a beautiful t-shirt with a happy meal box and a frowny face. That's um, right. The golden frown, I guess, instead of the golden arches. 
The golden yes. Okay. Something. Sure. The golden shower. Is that what you're No, no golden shower, but no. like, but what would you call it? You, got, like the, the year, you have the golden arches, but it's sort of the, I guess it's a fourth of frowny. Golden frown. Anyway, uh, get it. And I'd call uh, like it probably a sad meal as opposed to happy. The sad meal, right. Um, yeah, uh, the shirts are very cool. Uh, check them out. Uh, you can go to quantum-week.com. Yep. Uh, there's and, a store and there's a in store. the menu. We have our it. regular logo hoodies, logo t-shirts there, but you can check out the, uh, the lost year shirt. It's a fun. Get it in vintage oh. brown like I did. Yes, like a McDonald's, like San Diego <laughs> yes. Padres Brown, which is fun. <laughs> right, um, yeah, so definitely, um, definitely check those out. Uh, anything else? Are we ready to I think talk Groundhog that's Day? It. Let's talk about Groundhog Day. Okay, I know it's a big one for you. Yeah, so Groundhog Day is not the funniest movie ever made. Nope, but it's the greatest comedy ever made. I don't know if I agree with that, but I do love this film. I mean, I can't get past Ghostbusters ever. I cannot. It, it, it's just a, it's. I don't even know if this is a, this is a comedy. This is a comedy. This is a comedy. It is funny. This is a comedy, but it's, there's more, there's way more drama in this than there is in something like Ghostbusters. Sure. So it's hard for me. I don't there know. It's is. hard for me to categorize it. In the, it's hard for me to put it in the same realm. Ghostbusters is hysterical. I laugh every single time I see it. Every single time I've seen it in my life, which is probably two dozen times. I laugh all the way through. Um, that's not what you're going to get with this movie, but this is a great movie. This is a very funny movie, though, uh, especially when Bill funny. Murray is like an asshole. Yes. Like, Bill Murray the asshole is much funnier than Bill Murray the nice guy. It's true. Uh, but yeah, I guess that makes sense. Um, but, like, this isn't, like, so a movie like Office Space is is a funnier movie than... Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Than It's hard for me to compare to Ghostbusters. The problem is with Ghostbusters and Groundhog Day to some extent, and I guess even Office Space now, I've just seen these movies so many times that you don't laugh in the... the what you do the first time you see it. You know, you know what I mean? Like the jokes, the reason a movie like Groundhog Day and Ghostbusters to some extent work for such a, still work despite seeing them a number of times is because there's more than just the comedy element. Sure. Like Borat, you see it once, you see it the second time. There's, like, the man. first time you see it, you laugh. I laughed about as far as I've ever seen. I laughed too. in a the movie theater. Yeah. The second time I saw it, I barely laughed at all. Yeah, it wasn't that funny. Because like, the, because it's all kind of, it's hard to, I, this is, it's kind of our job to explain it. It's hard to explain. Um, but I guess one issue with Ghostbusters, it doesn't have a lot of drama, but it has a lot of sci-fi. That's right. Or, you know, kind of horror, sci-fi, yeah. So there's a lot of that. It's not just a comedy, but that dialogue. Well, and it's also and Groundhog it's, Day isn't just a comedy. No, it isn't. No, that has the dra- dramatic. It elements. has a lot more of the dramatic elements. Plus, one of the greatest um, like character arcs ever, ever in Groundhog Day. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So there's that. There's that element as well. Um, but in Ghostbusters, it's I still find the dialogue hysterical. I mean, I probably you know we watched it. Mm, I don't know, late last year or something. And I, I hadn't seen it in probably 15 years. And I think I appreciate it way more now than I did as a kid. Like I understood the jokes better. The timing was amazing and their chemistry is amazing between the four of them. So well, mostly the three of them, um, with Winston later, but, but even the supporting roles like Rick Moranis, super and Sigourney fun. Oh, yes. and, I mean, it's off the charts. Great. Potts, yes. and they're all, and they're all, they're all good. I they're mean, all good. Like William Madison. They're all, it's all really funny stuff. Uh, and so it works. It's, it's different. It's it a, is different. And that movie, this movie, I think has a higher level of difficulty in some ways because Ghostbusters has so much flash, has all these different comedians, has like Ackroyd is yes. prime. The, the end of his prime is still his prime. Obviously Bill Murray's, you know, Bill Murray and you have, you know, so many talent, Rick Moranis, peak Rick Moranis. And, and it's, this is pretty much just Bill Murray carrying a lot of the weight. It is because, you know, Andy McDowell is super sweet, but she is the straight man in this. And oh, she's absolutely. not, yeah. So she's not, you know, the only comedy we're really going to get is going to be generated by, 
by Bill Murray. And she's doing her job. She is. That's, she. I love that she doesn't try to be funny in this because I think if this was made in 2021, you would try to have the the uh, lead actress trying to like match. Yeah, you joke her up. Thing. Yeah. But that's not like, she's just like a naturally sweet, kind person that doesn't, that's not trying to be funny. Like yeah. that's not, and that's, I think how a lot of humans walk the earth. Like they don't, they're just trying to be good people. And if they can make a, a small joke here, they're fine. But it's not there where Bill Murray's, even as Phil Connors, his whole, I think his first immediate instinct is to be funny first. Yeah. And yeah. then be kind is like 10th on the list. <laughs> right. right. Um, I wanted to quote, so how, so Bill Murray is amazing. This, right? Yeah. Okay. And you watch it now and you're like, this be your best actor nomination. Yep. So I just want to go to the best actor nominees oh, and see if you think that he's me off. I, no, I don't know. Okay. Right. Um, so Tom Hanks wins for Philadelphia. Not his best. Not bad though. Really great performance. His performance is great. The movie's not. No, amazing. I know, no, but it's only the performance. It's all you're, it's all you're counting. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's he's I, very good. I, I can understand why you would pick Tom Hanks over Bill Murray. Yep. Yeah, no, me too. Okay. Daniel D. Lewis in the name of the father. I haven't seen this. That is crushing. And I hear that the performance is like one of the greatest ones ever. Crushing performance in a crushing movie. I'll take your word. So, so we're fine with that over Bill Murray then for this, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne for what's the love got to do with it? Don't know it. Oh, wait. Oh, that's the, he's, uh, he's Ike Turner. Ike Turner. He's really good. He's fucking scary. I, he's really good. I did see it. I, I would, I think if I had a, uh, he's fantastic. But I he's, haven't seen it in a long time. But for best act. Yeah, I guess best act. Yeah, I guess there, he's in a lot. Yeah. Um, and him and Angela Bassett. Yeah. And they, it's, it's their story. Really? Yeah. Um, so I think I would probably go with Bill Murray here because I think that movie just has long, like has had a longer life. It just means more. It's more, it might be the most iconic movie of the entire year. Probably. Although there is one exception and that's going to be another nominee. Liam Neeson and Schindler's list. Okay. Um, so I, I think you probably <sighs> oh. go Liam Neeson over Bill Murray. Yeah. This, okay. Tough year. And I then, don't feel and so then bad. You have Anthony Hopkins and remains of the day also got a nominee. I haven't don't seen that. I, I'm not a big Merchant Ivory fan. So I guess if I had my way, I would take Anthony Hopkins out. Even though I haven't seen it, it's not fair to me to do that. But sure. I just don't like those movies. And then I slap in Bill Murray. Bill Murray. And At least I, have him compete. And I think those are probably the five most iconic performances of that year. Um, but and, that, you, and that leaves out some good people. Like, you know, uh, Johnny Depp and What's Eating Gilbert Great didn't even get that's nominated. That's a great performance. He's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, didn't deserve a nominee, but I think in hindsight he'd be considered if you look at like from a long range point of view. Harrison Ford, The Fugitive. Oh, that's great! Really good performance great there. Performance. Uh, Tommy Jones, of course, wins that year. Um, so you, oh, right. So there's some, you know, uh, Jeff Bridges in Fearless did not get a nomination. That's another good one. That's a good performance, right? Yeah, he's great. So, so there, this there's a, a lot. This there's a, a lot. Sneaking, so this was the year. Remember, too, this is the year before the independent film rise. This is the year before Pulp Fiction. Uh, before the Shawshank sure. and Gump. Yep. So this is like the last, I call it the last like studio year, but man, it was a good one. They went out with a bang. This Very is a good really one. great year. But his performance might be the most iconic of all of them. Don't you think? Maybe Schindler. Maybe. But this uh, one lasts longer than In the Name of the Father, even Fugitive, I think. This, like, Groundhog Days in the Zeitgeist is, is like a repeat, like we think of a day that never ends. that right. just keeps repeating. There we are two, think of it. two of the movies we have to mention that are super iconic from this year. Okay. Uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, yeah, I, right. But a lot of yeah, a lot of people right. it really sticks with. Sure. And then you might say this. Someone might say this is the biggest, most iconic movie of that year, Jurassic Park. Okay, but it's not about really the performances there. Now, no, I, no, I, I'm I just saying movies. For, I'm just saying movies. Yeah, yeah, movies yeah. In total. Yeah. Um, no, I right. No, there's no before. Other than maybe Jeff Goldblum in a really weak year. Sure. For supporting actor, but this wasn't a weak year, so he no, doesn't no, deserve no. it. Um, um, but 
Uh, yeah, but okay, but at least this is this is up there in terms of most iconic for the year. Like this is a uh, oh yeah, and yeah, I mean we remember one, this. One. I mean, so maybe maybe he does get a nomination, maybe he doesn't, even in hindsight. But no matter what, this is one of the best performances in a comedy ever, yep. and this is. I, I don't know how you feel. Like we we covered Lost in Translation for the Patreon show. Is this better than his performance there? Yes, because he I has agree. to go. He has to go further. I think so too. You know, this is uh, that character is almost like Phil twenty years later yeah. when he doesn't have his experience. Like maybe he's more humbled. He's less, a little less narcissistic. Narcissistic, right? A little less. You know, he's more bitter, but just he doesn't care as much. Um, that's his character in Lost in Translation. Plus, but he doesn't have all the. Bill the, Murray has to ca- Scarlett Johansson carries some of the way. That's true. This yeah. movie, it's all him. It is really him. I mean, every even the scenes of Andy McDowell um, are with Bill Murray in them. Yeah, I mean, Bill Murray, like I, the, he's almost in the entire film. He's in like basically yeah. the entire movie. Yeah, and, a, and he's having to act every time because his character is constantly changing because of this uh, journey that he goes on. Right. It really is one of the and and. and um, I can't say enough good things about this movie. I, I, I seem like I love it more. So what are you going to give this movie? Oh no, it's, it gives, I'll give it an A. I just can't right. put it above Ghostbusters. Like it won't, it won't, it won't get that high. Like it, it can't, but it's, this is an A movie. It's a great movie. Yeah. This yeah. is an A. This is going to, so this will, this will crack my top. I think I'll be in, this will be like 12 or 13 on my list. Wow. Something like that. So this is like five for me. Yeah. I mean, I understand it. It's, it's, it's really a great movie. It's a great movie, but we've seen some, we've seen some great movies. We have. Uh, so here are my, here's my, 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 actually, I'm sorry. It's number six for me. Okay. Goodwill Hunting, number one. Pulp Fiction, number two. Road to Perdition, three. Jackie Brown, four. Superman, the movie, five. Okay. This slot's in is six. You, Ghostbusters you're gonna, is seven. You can't, you're going to have to answer for the super, the Superman fucking shit. I love it. I did a whole show about it. Superman's you, yeah. a great movie, man. Yeah, but this is better than Superman. So that's, that's for our Quantum Week uh, top. Right, of course. Uh, yeah. But as far as my favorite movies of all time, period, uh, I have Groundhog Day sixteenth, uh, and that's every movie ever made I've ever seen. So this is one of my yeah, absolute favorite movies. I, me putting it twelve, thirteen, or whatever it is, does is for not Quantum a, Week. Is for Quantum Week is not a dig on this movie. This is an this is a great movie and an awesome performance. It is, um, and like I said, probably maybe the it's one of the best character arcs of all time. I was trying to think of some other ones earlier today. There's a few. There's a, there's a few that came to mind, but, but not, there might be a better one, but this, this one's just phenomenal. Well, I like, mean, the greatest one of all time is uh, Michael Corleone. Oh, well, okay. But, that makes sense. I mean, you see yeah. a guy become evil in front of you. Right. And that's, that's the, that's, I, okay. that's the standard. Okay. Okay. I mean, but this is a, for a comedy, you're not going to find a better performance than this. You're just no. not. He's incredible. Or, you know, maybe lost in translation. Like I said, you can have that argument. Oh, Matt and I both agree. This is a better performance. I think so. Um, but right. This is, this is like, this is top shelf. And, and it's funny because this shoot was a disaster. Was it really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know the writing was a disaster, but I didn't know the it shooting really was. wasn't. No, the writing wasn't. I mean, it was complicated, but it wasn't a disaster. What happened during the shooting? So um, this is when Bill Murray and Harold Ramis stopped becoming friends. Mm. Um, and they actually did not. So they had huge fights. Bill Murray was the early 90s. Well, Bill Murray's entire career, I guess, to some extent. But early 90s, Bill Murray was a very miserable human being. Very, very, very upset. Person is going. His first marriage was ending. He was cheating on his wife with uh, a costume girl. The costume girl from from this movie. She, yeah. she just died. The co- uh, uh, she was like only fifty seven when she died. But her and Bill Murray would break up. Or I think two thousand six or something like that. But uh, so they were dating. But he's also still married. I think he felt a lot of guilt about that. Sure. Yeah. He was uh, a couple of years earlier. He did a movie called What About Bob with Richard Dreyfuss. Yeah, I actually like that movie. In I retrospect, uh, it's a terrible movie. It's Is it that probably, bad? Probably bad? Yeah, it's I haven't bad. seen it in twenty uh, years. I saw a couple years ago. It's not good. Um, but, um, Bill Murray was a nightmare on set. 
And that was mm-hmm. in 91, right? So that, yeah. uh, this is 93. So, um, he pretty much was a nightmare. Like he would, um, him and Richard Dreyfus got in a huge fights. Um, oh, he, he was just tormenting. Good, good, because I hate Dreyfus. Yeah, I and mean, he would torment, like, he would like, yell at everyone, like, yeah. at women, and it was, yeah. it was not good. It's not, not, not good behavior. It was some really, really, really nasty stuff. And then he did this, and he was just miserable the whole time. He, you know, they shot this in Illinois. Um, it wasn't done in uh, Pennsylvania. It was done in a town outside of Chicago, but those, it's done in the winter. There's a lot of outside shots. Yep. Bill Murray's a Chicago kid. You think he'd be used to it, but he just didn't, he just didn't want to be outside anymore. I guess he was just miserable. Uh, you know, that scene when he stopped, steps in the pothole. Yes. I guess he steps in the pothole and then he would just go like, when they say cut, he was going to tirade, like, you know, just like, you know, motherfucker and just like screaming and he knew it was coming. Yeah. I, it was just, it just did not want to just seemed like someone just not want to be there. Uh, and Harold Ramis and him were fighting. So you mentioned the script. There was, so the script was originally an idea by a guy named Danny Rubin. This is pretty much the only thing he's ever yep. done. Yep, yep. He was a big, he's a big about having control over things because he kind of lost control of this movie. This really was almost supposed to be a drama. And then Harold Ramis came in. The studio was like, we can't make this movie. It's a drama. And Harold Ramis came in, made it more of a comedy. Sure. And then they kind of had it back and forth. Ramis wanted to be like a full comedy. And then um, uh, uh, Ruben wanted to be more of a drama, obviously. And then like at some point, um, Bill Murray got attacked. Because Bill Murray and Harold Ramis, of course, had done Ghost, oh, oh Ghostbusters, yeah. of course, together. Yeah. But right. I mean, Ramis wrote that. He didn't sure. direct it. Right. right. But uh, he did a Caddyshack. Yeah. I mean, they've been friends since their improv days right in uh second city so well ruben's contract expired basically so like they you know his yeah was over but then but then murray comes on and he's like oh let's and let's, let's is like, well, why don't you why don't you and ruben says to bill murray why don't you and ruben go sit down and, and work on the dr- dramatic parts because bill murray's like i want this to be a drama I'm, I'm on danny's side with this yeah so they got together and then when ruben's working on the script he's like bill murray doesn't want to write anything he just wants to just like hang out and they <laughs> went to like um they went to the real Puxatawney Groundhog Day thing in sure. Pennsylvania. And they were there for like a week. And he's just like, like What are we doing? Yeah. And Bill Murray's just like, and he's like, he's like, Ruben just wanted to write. And he, he I don't think Ruben was used to having a partner either. And um, so they they really they put together another script and it just it was kind of a jumble, but whatever. Eventually came together with it, and this is where you see the beautiful film we get is the two sides kind of coming together and it shockingly works. But the finished product wasn't what Bill Murray had in mind. And he was angry that it had so much comedy in it. So they, he would just constantly fight with Ramis. And they were, they were rewriting some of the script like on the spot, Ugh. which almost never works. Never works. Does here. Mystery men. Uh, yes. Right. <laughs> uh, and, uh, but it was constantly this push and pull. Right. And, uh, you know, and then it became about everything, you know, and it's like any, any, any inch that Murray could take, he'd take a mile and he was just really difficult. He would go, oh, he'd show up, he'd show up on set like every day late. You know, and he just would do that and he would just like scream at people and it was just like a nightmare to deal with. And, um, Annie McDowell had a good, I mean, she's based on all reactions. She's like one of the friendlier people in Hollywood, I think. Yeah. Um, so she's like, oh, Bill Murray's kind of like an asshole, but he's a sweet asshole. I think, I think they got along pretty well. Sure. But like, I think other people were just kind of like, ah, like this guy's just kind of a monster. Like, and, um, him and how Ramis, uh, by the end, by the end of the shoot, they never spoke like, uh, until, until Harold yeah. Ramis died about five, six years ago. And then basically almost on his deathbed, Murray came by. They talked for a few hours. Ramis was so sick. He couldn't even really speak. So oh. Murray kind of talked most of the time and they patched things up, but, um, just a really, that's rough. Yeah. I mean, kill their friendship. I mean, for, yeah. And, for and like, they would say, kind of, and like Bill Murray, like wouldn't speak about him anymore. Like he, like he basically like pretended he was already dead. Like, uh, they tried to get him. What was the movie? Uh, Ramis did a movie. Oh, uh, uh, I mean, there was always Ghostbuster rumors. No, 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 no. Uh, what was the movie Billy Bob Thornton in it? Um, Sling Blade? 
No, I, <laughs> I have no idea. Yes, Sling Blade, the movie that Harold Ramis okay. directed. Oh, you didn't say um, that. Um, well, yeah, I'm talking about Harold Ramis. Why would he be involved? with I have no idea. Maybe he produced oh. it. Uh, yes, fuck. It's um, I'm sorry. It's Wichita. It has a Wichita Falls in it. Um, John Cusack. That's oh, gonna drive me crazy. I don't, care. Yeah, I don't know. It's gonna know. fucking. I'm gonna lose my mind. Wichita? Oh, I found it here. Uh, Ice Harvest. Um, don't know that. Yeah, it's, it was. A, it wasn't a comedy. Comedy. It was like more of a crime drama. Comedy. Crime dramedy. Um, but I think he want he wanted Bill Murray in it, and he reached out, and Bill Murray like would return his calls, uh. and he's like, yeah, it's this is 2005. It's been like 12 years. So Brian Doyle Murray, who's in this movie, who's in Groundhog Day, went back to Ramis. Was like, yeah, he's not going to do it. And Ramis like, well, can you please ask him again? Like, I really want him to do this. Let's just like let's patch things up. Yeah. And uh, Brendan Murray says, uh, no, Bill doesn't speak of you. Like, that's shitty like he doesn't like you don't you don't get brought up ever and like ramus and i think it pissed murray off because ramus would talk about it to the press and he'd be like well bill's complicated or bill was challenging here or bill was kind of an asshole on the set like ramus would talk about it because people sure. would ask and then he got pissed off murray even more and they kind of just like dug in their heels a bit i think murray too felt like at that time especially remember he hadn't done any west anderson movies he hadn't done any that's Sofa, true sophia coppola movies so people basically said like unless bill murray's in Saturday Night Live and doing a Howard ramus movie he sucks and uh, which isn't obviously wasn't even true. no that's not true not even true then really no, no but um but i think he felt like i need to do my own thing and i think Harold ramus felt like he was i don't say entitled but had some stake in bill murray's success which he did he did oh yeah and bill murray and bill murray was treating him kind of like dog shit and he, i think he felt like he deserved to be treated better and i think he did too I, i'm team ramus on this one I, i'm not saying bill murray is the ten, more talented person by a, by 10 million miles i'm not saying that but you know, you like just let you it go. Need, you don't need to be that angry. I, I understand you having personal issues. I understand there's a lot of stuff going on, especially when someone's reaching out to you in good faith, and it's just yeah. like, can we just like, can we just like get this over? Like, even if we friends. don't talk a lot, we don't have to be buddies, like whatever. But can we just or, or resolve like, this? You were friends for like 25 yeah, years, yeah, right. Like one kind of you know difficult movie shoot, which ended up being a great movie, an awesome movie, something so, that he should be super proud he of. He was so angry so when the movie came out. He, he initially, Bill Murray was so angry about it. Like this movie sucks. It's stupid. Oh. It's too funny. As time went on, he's like, well, no, I think I was just really angry and clouded. This is a really, I'm so thankful for this movie. Okay. And, and he looks at it differently. I think he was just so angry about everything at this time in his life that he just was really just a bitter, bitter, bitter person. I don't know how he did this movie. He was so warm by the end of it. Yeah. Like, um, how do you, I don't know how you pull that off when you're fucking just bitter and angry the entire time. It makes sense. At the beginning of the movie, right. how he is there. Like, that makes a lot of sense. I just don't know how he, he gets, you know, he sort of transcends and becomes enlightened by the end. Like, I don't know how you, how you hide that. I guess, I guess that's acting, but I don't know how you hide that. Um, no, it's crazy I, that he was able to do a performance. I mean, it's acting is what they're supposed to do, I guess, but, uh, but, but right. But how do you not let it leak out? I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, he is, I mean, the good thing about, and the thing I like about this movie, he's, he's still kind of a dick, even not a dick, but he's still kind of like a sarcastic ass, even at the end. But he's just like it's softer about it, like even, Way even the very end, and that's an ad lib by him too. He's like oh, at the very end of the movie. He's like, "Oh, we should live here, so <laughs> yes. but we'll run first. Yes, and but we will run first is an ad lib. Yeah. And I like how there's still an element of like, eh, there's a little bit of darkness. There's a little bit of sarcasm there. Like he hasn't lost. He hasn't become. An, it's not like the end of Scrooge, like Christmas Carol, not Scrooge, True. but like the right Charles Dickens Christmas Carol, like like the old one with Alistair Sim or any you know some of them. You watch him and like he's not even like the same person. He's an yeah. entirely different person. 
It's like, well, that's not really believable. No, and that's not the case here. He is the same person. Yes. And but he's just a kinder version of And himself. he's like a more intel he's a more well read. Yep. He's a more oh my uh, God, yeah. a more talented. He can play the you know, he can has all these new skills now. He's a much warmer person because he took the time to know people and to care about people and learn how to help people. But, you know, you believe that he went on this journey because uh, you saw you saw him go through, you, and there's speculation. He basically was doing this for four years. Yeah, forty four zero. Yeah, you know, if you think about how you know how long, so imagine that. Imagine living the same day for forty it's, years. Like it's you know unimaginable. I mean? it's insane. Yeah. I mean, I love that. I mean, you see him as a narcissist in the beginning. You see him then start to figure out, okay, well, I'm just going to have some fun with him. He right. becomes an opportunist. Then he becomes a fucking nihilist. Yes. Nothing matters. Then he fucking becomes suicidal. Yes. And he realizes that won't ever change his circumstances. And finally he becomes enlightened. It's so amazing. I love there's this back-to-back scenes where he's, you know, he's trying to, he's trying to get with Rita. Yes. And he manufactures the perfect day. And I mean, part of that journey is kind of amazing. Part of it's really dark and gross, but part of it's really amazing too, because he's getting to know her and what she likes. And you really do feel there's some authenticity there until he wakes up the next, doesn't seal a deal, wakes up the next day and tries to force that same day again. And it's, it's so dark and creepy. Um, I love that back to back. And then he just hits, it just sort of hits rock bottom. And it's like, I'm going to, I'm just going to help people. I'm just going to help people, man. It's the only thing that makes me feel good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, and I love that it takes him a while to get there. Cause it's not so, a natural oh, no. thing for him. Uh, and I love that. Right. He does things like, you know, he learns to play the piano. He's like, Oh, I might as well do something with my time. Like, yeah. you know, I'm stuck here. He kind of just gets, he becomes at peace with the situation after he tries to kill himself and realizes he can't. And then he tries to just get, to, and then I love that. He thinks he's a God, which is very reasonable. Take very reasonable. And then he, but then when he realizes he can't save the homeless guy, he realizes he's not a God. Yes. And it's like, all right, well, then what am I? Well, I'm here. I might as well just be okay with that. I might as well be okay with it and just figure out the details. Do what I can. And, and, do what I can. And, and, you know, I think, you know, and the movie is so great. And the movie works really well for so many reasons. One of them being, it's so, it's so universal to all of us. We all can imagine the situation. And then B, and this was intentional by the filmmakers. They tried very hard not to have anything be like, uh, of, of its time. So there's no like mentions of the nineties. There's no, like, obviously people are dressed a certain sure. way. But, and you know, but there's really, and you know, and like watching it, you know, maybe an old kind of TV when they're watching Jeopardy or whatever, but like, but there's really, it's very timeless. But even that's believable because I've been in uh bed and breakfast like that, yes. that have like old shit right. and like, yeah. It's um, not, it doesn't seem out of place at all. Even in, even in 2021, no, it, it feels very real. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, and then you, you wonder though, does he ever go like, you know how early on in the movie he sleeps with that girl, Nancy? Yes. So I wonder if he's ever like kind of bored or horny. He's like, he just regives that. They like, you know, like, say like how, you know, whatever, 20 years in, he's like, oh, I'll go sleep with Nancy again. And he just, <laughs> does that. like, does he go back and redo some of this stuff? If he's bored. Like, I think he does. And he then must, he just, right? he, he, cause he has to get past the point of it being exciting for him. You know, yes. all that, all the carnal needs have to get, he's got to get past it. And he does that. He gets he to does do that. It. And, uh, and of course there's that great scene, which every critic talks about in the review, if you read any reviews of this, but it, cause it's such a great scene. Mm. And he's sitting with those two guys like the two local guys in the bowling alley. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, imagine being stuck in the state over again. And the one guy go, oh, that, that sums it up for me. But so was he, <laughs> I mean, so was Phil before that the weather, like as a weatherman, he was just kind of reliving the same day over and over. Just, just trapped in his own anger and narcissism. You know, he, he'd given up. And so he was basically reliving the same day too. It's the same thing. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, this is such a great movie. It's almost, I, I almost had a hard, hard, hard time talking about it because I, I guess there are some, 
you know, if I, if I kind of had some critiques about Pulp Fiction, I guess I should have some here. The score is quite poor in this movie. The music, the music score is terrible. I didn't pay attention terrible. to it. Yeah, I, I've only seen this movie so many times. It's not very good. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ramis, I think, does a good job directing it because he stays out of the way, but it's not very, it's not like terribly well shot. Like, you can see why they had Reitman do Ghostbusters and not Ramis. Yeah. Because um, Ghostbusters is a much better, it's a much better directed movie. It's better, shot's better. But like, but the... But I will say, though, like the continuity and all this stuff of like seeing everyone again, everyone kind of being in the same spot, which is harder than you might think. He nails all of it. Yeah, you definitely. You don't feel you ever like like, oh, that was off. Like I just saw that movie Promising Young Woman, mm-hmm. um, which mm-hmm. is uh, one of the best picture ones. Not very good. Uh, but <laughs> that has a, so uh, I think her name's Emerald Fandle. She's up for best director. All right. Well, all right. Not not a good movie, but or, there's there's like two continuity errors in the movie. Really, and I'm not even one. And I'm usually I'm usually the last person to spot those because I, I usually like get you just so, get in, in, involved in, in the movie. Yeah. Story. I, I I will miss those. I, if I spotted them, it's really bad. Oh. Um, do you think that that wouldn't happen in twenty like now in 2021 with all the technology? Well, yeah, because you can all you, these eyes. You don't need yeah. to wait for dailies. No. You can see it right away. Right away. I don't I don't know, but I, you know, and in this movie where there's so much. Uh, room for continuity errors because this whole movie could be a continuity error it could um there aren't i didn't see any i'm sure there are some but i don't i don't really see any don't notice it no and i give the actors a lot of credit too i mean just for nailing all of those uh Repet- you know ned ryerson having to nail you yes. know that you know that same scene you know over and over again and andy mcdowell and chris elliott they get they keep those same inflections those same tones that's that's not easy to do i really like the subdued chris elliott too like the young chris elliott yes i really like that i love the scene where you know it's it's towards the end and and uh and phil bill murray's character he's going to do the um the the short news broadcast talking about the groundhog yeah and he says and he just says to chris elliott like i don't you know what larry what do you think about that and he's just like yeah, I think that's a great idea. Like you see him totally just brighten he up. Beams with pride. He beams he's with asked, pride because for the first time he's being asked his yeah. opinion. I, he does such a great job there. He's really good. And he's I mean, really obviously, good. Chris, if you're uh, someone like myself or maybe a little older, you grew up with Letterman. Chris Elliott, a regular on the NBC Letterman. I used to watch his TV show um, in the nineties, uh, yes. oh early nineties. Uh, my, it's like something about. Four, oh, it's on Fox. He lives at home. Yes. He lives at home with it's his. A, yeah. It's a very funny show. Yeah. It's a cool favorite. Yeah, it's a very funny show. Yeah, he did that movie Cabin Boy as well, uh, which is an interesting movie. Um, That's right. Uh, it's kind of a cult comedy classic. I, I don't know how well it holds up. But it was funny when I was in junior high and high school. But uh, something about Mary, of course, and uh, yeah, yeah, he's done some. But yeah. uh, the Letterman stuff is probably what he's most known for. I think uh, of people of a certain age. Um, and, but he's very good in this and he, he is. he's right. He's, he's a lot more subdued doing this and really anything else he maybe he's ever done. Because, but, and it's Chris Elliott's a really smart guy. Yes. Um, and he knows to kind of get out of the way here. Uh, cause Bill Murray is going to be able to carry the comedy and he's almost just kind of being in some ways, almost like a dramatic actor in a yep. way or a co- He has some really cheesy jokes, but that's all done. In, it's all done intentionally. Like everything, much like Back to the Future, everything in this movie is is a setup. To, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, it, and every setup does pay off. It right. really does. Yeah. Um, Did you care that uh, you don't know what the loop is from? Why it happened? I love that we don't know. I don't care at all. It doesn't I think bother it's me great. at all. It's one of the best things. Yeah. I wouldn't want to know. You'd ruin it. Like you'd ruin it by saying you were trying to explain it. It's some random. sort of vortex or technology or something. Who cares? So it, it doesn't it, matter. It also makes it more human and more identifiable to us because it could happen. No, it can't. No, but, but like you almost feel like it could happen to you. But he might not. It makes sense that he wouldn't figure it out if it's something beyond his control. Like how how could he possibly? It figure just got it out? stuck. It's just like the record skipped. Just got you stuck. know, like and I just think I think that's great. I love that they never explain it. I don't care at all. I didn't care the first time I saw it. I, I didn't, didn't care. care whatever. I just watched it with the 150th time. In fact, as time has gone on, 
and I've had more time to think about it. I love that they don't expire. I, I, yeah. That's a gold star for them because it feels more identifiable. Because I guess they originally didn't want to do it, or like it was like a, a jilted lover may have put a spell on him, or yeah, I saw they were of, trying to explain yeah, it. Like, or think, even starting him in the middle of the loop, which I actually don't like either. That was Ruben's original idea. Yeah. Right. I do like having a little bit of the backstory. I love having a story, but I, yeah. I, I wouldn't. I there's not a thing. It's not a casting choice. I would change. There's nothing I would. Maybe the score. Uh, other than that, there's not a. I don't think there's a thing I would change about this. No. Um, I it's it's all it's all so well crafted. The acting, the people that got to play the locals are all perfect. Everything about this movie is absolutely perfect. I love how it exposes the banality of small talk, but then also how it's. I fall in this trap a little bit. So like, I get bored and annoyed with kind of boring conversation. I'm sure everybody does, but I maybe I just. I have less patience for it than most where I'll just get annoyed and, mm-hmm. and kind of be a kind of, I can kind of be dick about small talk. And, um, I just get bored and annoyed. Well, oh. you, yeah. <laughs> um, but so Bill Murray at first is that person. He's he bored and annoyed. Yes. Uh, I, I can relate to a lot of Bill Murray, the first act of this movie. Uh, the second act, uh, he is just kind of like, just f- fucks around people, which I, I also tend to do, but what is the third act? is something I never do where he takes that small talk and then makes himself and the person giving the small feel better for themselves and maybe even like learn something or just he yes you're given small talk but you don't necessarily need to be angry or bored with it you can turn it's up to you how you take something in that's so true like if i get annoyed because someone says the same thing over again all right yeah that's fine i get annoyed with that i guess but like i could also change that and also like make the con- i could heighten the conversation if, if i chose to and put the effort in I, well, I don't and in the beginning of the movie <laughs> he's he's smarter than the other characters in this movie so he knows what's going to come he knows that small talk what small talk is going to come like bef- that's why it's boring to him and that's why he but gets, even he's the fucking first interaction people he's annoyed that's true yeah but he know but he knows the process like he sees the patterns i think yeah. he, he gets it um already but then when he's in his loop he doesn't know what the fuck. He's no longer the smartest person there because there's something else controlling the situation that he can't control. So I think it humbles him. And then by the third act, he's a lot nicer to people because it yeah, humbles him. Yeah, but he gets, he, he kind of gets mean during, after he realizes the, the loop is, he, he is kind of mean to people. He fucks people. Well, there's that, yeah. He's like, he's like the whole like end of the first act, early second, maybe the early second part is him just fucking with people. That's true. Because he knows he can. And that's something I genuinely enjoy doing. Uh, and, uh, but, it's maybe as I get older, maybe not the best, best way to go about life. Probably not the best way. No. I don't know. I, 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 I did does bring me a bit of joy, but like, I don't, it's, <laughs> I maybe like I said at the end, like I always think about like, he walks into that, that like that heavy set guy right after he wakes up in the morning, he's going downstairs. Yeah. He goes, hey, you were here to see the groundhog. And, uh, it's like, you oh, know, no shit, you know, but like, uh, he eventually he's like the springtime is eternal. He's this whole like <laughs> yes. poetry speech he gives him and it makes the guy inspired. It does, yes. and, then it, and then that in turn makes Bill Murray a little bit happier because he's lifted someone and ha- up and yeah. happiness is contagious. So it like is, yeah. now he's a little bit happier and he starts his day off in a brighter mood where he could have just been like, yeah, no shit. Sure. You know, of course I'm off to see the fucking ground. What the fuck's wrong with you? You know, uh, which might be your action. And I do like how we get to see that too. We get to see those interactions in different ways, how they pay off. Or don't, depending on how right. everybody acts and how he acts. Yes, it's right. a great lesson. It, 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 and it, uh, were you a fan of like uh, the Choose Your Own Adventure books? We've talked about them on the yeah, show. Those are times. great. Um, yeah, but like I feel like this in a lot of ways is almost like you're watching someone play a Choose Your Own Adventure book. Oh, it absolutely. Is. Like in some ways, it's because you. Cause he's going to get to choose whatever. Yeah, he's going to Right, keep and you kind of know the pattern. Like yeah. you know, you know the viewer, and the way the inter- the way this is rolled out is so high level. It's so brilliant. You walk through the day first with him. I know it sounds, but it's, it sounds obvious, but it's not. The original script didn't have this. You know, you walk through a, what feels like a regular day with him, right? And then you, you know, you, you're you're in the loop with him. But like you've already gone through those beats, 
So even at the end of the movie, you're still going through those initial beats, but because you sat with him the first time, the, the, every payoff just hits that much harder. Right. And every change is that. So when he goes and gets a piano lesson, it's like, oh shit, you know, we, we hadn't experienced this. Or he, you even see he him. He saves like, a kid. He saves a kid. Right. You never say thank you. Uh, <laughs> yes. And uh, he's like reading a book. It's a very short scene, but he's reading a book at, at, a, at a diner. It's like, oh, you, you and the film, the film treats you very intelligently as well. It doesn't need to tell us that he's reading all these books. So you don't need to see him with a big stack of books. Right. You know, that, oh no, he's, he's probably going through the whole library. He's reading every book. Like that's, and he, he you know, he probably has, he's, when they go to a movie theater, he's like, I've seen this movie 90 times. It's yes, tiny part two. Yes. Um, or, you know, I'm sure there's a VHS place in that town, you know, cause yeah, it's the 90s. Every- he probably has rented every movie a million times. You know, like he's been there for 40 years. Nothing's changing um so all of those things are just it's just great i just i love it and i love it it's like someone reacts like oh no hangovers no you, you know you have no issue you know you can wake up tomorrow and everything's the same and for that person i think it was one of those uh those local guys yeah it was a source of delight it was um it wasn't being trapped at all it was almost like a freedom in a way yeah um how what would you do if you could do the same day would you, would you i might take that same path i, I might bet, get I have, fucking I, annoyed and then debauchery and then yes. and then probably realize like because i know it's it's this it you know it's not that stuff that's actually really makes you happy what really makes you happy is the little things like the little details the little acts of kindness those are the actually are actually what makes you happy long term so i think i would eventually get there hopefully i think everyone feels the same way you do everyone i've talked to at least no one ever goes well i wouldn't do it that way like everyone's like no like that and that's what's a genius for the script is that it feels it makes it's so universal to everybody. I don't know anyone who doesn't like this movie. I don't know anyone who would do, who's like has real issues with how Phil Connors behaves in this movie. I obviously don't like, he's a, he's more of an asshole than most people when the movie starts. Sure. But most, but I think everyone can kind of understand that journey. Yeah. And that is a, it's a real, it's very rare when a film can pull. We talk about Spielberg in this movie, uh, in this show a lot. And Spielberg can do a lot of things universally, like Jurassic Park, another movie that came out this year. Yep. That's, I believe that's how we all feel we would act if we saw a dinosaur. Absolutely. And that's why that movie works. And Jaws puts us in Roy Scheider's spot. Like, oh, that's how we feel if we saw a shark. Like, this is, if, you know, but not many movies can pull off an entire plot and the entire time you're watching it and you every single second of that movie, you feel like that. Because in Jurassic Park, they're paleontologists. Like, they're not, we're not, you know, you're watching that. You're a regular person. You're yeah. not a paleontologist. So you, you yes you but you still feel there's still a level of disconnect sure where this movie because what's happened to him is so it's it, it's so monumental that and it's so all in, in consuming that it feels it it feels like it's you the entire movie it's so well done and because it's bill murray someone we know so well that's right it almost feels like there's a level of uh, familiarity just off the bat because we know how bill murray can be an asshole yeah. in fact we had just seen him six years earlier to the movie scrooged which is a similar movie right that's right. Um, Similar arc. Someone said this movie was like if Frank Capra met uh, like Kafka. So you have kind of like, the, yeah, yeah, it's like, it's a wonderful life, but then it's surrealism. Um, and uh, it, this definitely does lend itself a lot to it's a wonderful life, which by the way is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yep. Also my top 20. Um, and also my top six in second number, like four for me. And then um, I really do. I growing up, I did love a Christmas car. I loved, I love that idea of like, something like redemption, I guess in that way. I really love that idea of it. Do you think this works with anybody else besides Bill Murray? So are we talking of that time or just, yep. so I have to, I have to so I'm, I'm, it's 1993. I yeah. have to cast somebody else. Right. Because a real, this is kind of a linchpin, you know, for them to do this. It's I, if I'm, if I were faced with not having Bill Murray, I'd be really afraid. 
So if this comes out a year later, you know who would be up for this would be like Jim Carrey. But like it, it, this is not a Jim Carrey movie. I think serious Jim Carrey can pull it off, but certainly not 1994. Right. That's like Ace Ventura, yeah, The Mask. Yeah, yeah. Like that's not gonna Dumb uh, and Dumber. Like that's that, I don't think that guy could do it. Can Keaton do it? So Keaton was up for this. Was he really? He turned it down famously. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, yeah, and he had a huge regret. The original initial person this was supposed to be was Tom Hanks. Um, so I don't think I, Hanks does it. I think Hanks and Keaton both could do it. I don't think they would do it as well. Hanks would be Hanks and Hanks would be better at the dramatic parts. Yep. Although Bill Murray's great in dramatic parts, but Hanks, but Hanks is very funny, but isn't as caustic. And that's what, so that's no. why Hanks turned it down. Right. Hanks is like, eh, this I don't want to be me. this mean guy. And I think he even suggested Bill Murray, but the next person they went to was actually Michael Keaton. That's funny. Who then said, uh, who turned it down and then had immediate regret. He, he didn't get the movie. He didn't get the script. Like he didn't get it. He's like, I, I don't, I don't. I'd be, it'd be interesting to know what form it was in when he saw it. Pretty close to this, I think. Yeah. And mm. I, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't, I mean, Ramis was, I, you, you, he probably, actually, that's not true. He saw an earlier version of it, but regardless, let's say, I think even if he got this one, he's, I don't think he, he just didn't, you don't get, think he, he, he just didn't get, get how to do it. Um, right. Cause then Ramis, although Ramis and Keaton did work together in multiplicity and, and anyway, Dallas oh, movie well, too. Saying, yeah. Um, so it's not like they, they, uh, but right. So, um, he might've been able to do it. Not as well as uh, Murray, but uh, I can't imagine. I, I would never say Tom Hanks or Michael Keaton just thought out couldn't do something as long as the age made sense. Like, I go, I shouldn't say, I guess there's some movie, I, something like this. So it's a universal everyman kind of thing. I, they're both so talented, but that'd be, I think, I don't know. I think this is, I think this is the perfect role, a situation where this is the perfect role for one guy. Uh, I, I, I would never say they can do it, but I'm so glad Bill Murray is. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I said, I wouldn't change the thing. I wouldn't change a single thing. And like Annie Adal is not my favorite actress of no, all but time. She's so sweet. And this is perfect. This movie. She's perfect. I, yeah. You know, she's uh, just super kind the entire time. It's perfect. Yeah. And she's not a bad actress. She, nope. She's okay. Yeah. Um, but, uh, for this though, it's, it's like, it's absolutely perfect. And, and Bill, I, I, this is a, this is, so we talked about it before. Uh, we talked about like perfect movie, flawless movies. This is a flawless movie. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, except for the score you said, except for the score, but I, that's, I, I'll, I'll you'll give it a pass. I'll give it a pass. I still give it an A. Um, oh, of course this is yeah. a plot. I mean, this is a, as high as I can go. 16th favorite movie of all time. Um, but, uh, my favorite comedy ever. Uh, but yeah, there's nothing. So Pulp Fiction is a movie I like more than this, yep. but Pulp Fiction has some slight issues, has some continuity issues, has a couple of slight issues. Uh, but Pulp Fiction is a better movie, but this is a perfect movie. This is like with Jaws, Back to the Future. There's a perfect movie. This is not quite as hard to do as Pulp Fiction, but it's pretty hard to do this movie right. Yeah, I'm, I think Pulp Fiction's harder because you have a big, you have more storylines going on, so there's more intersections. And but Pulp Fiction's also such harder, much because, bigger cast. Yeah, you have a lot of more moving parts. Right, this is this whole but thing. This is, is still like, hard. There's like no moving parts. It's the whole point of it. Yeah, but else. you mentioned the continuity issues before. Yes. Like you needed to get right kind of. But that's just having a good, like you know, a good, like. Yeah, but it's also it's also great performances and having a good production designer on yeah. hand for the, for the, for the location, which they eventually found with Raymond's really kind of found it, but then, mm-hmm. um, and then having uh, a really good, like, you know, AD on set on set to make sure that everyone's in the right spots, but right. But they pulled it off. I mean, they, they pulled it off, right? I, you can't, I, uh, and especially when you consider how much arguing that was going on, this was a caustic set. People were showing, was showing up late every day. Yeah. And this wasn't like a, like it, when you watch it, you think, I mean, the first time I saw it, I'm like, oh, this works like a clock. It must have been a perfect set. It must have right. nothing went wrong. It was the exact opposite. Everything went wrong, you know, based on personalities. Um, and the weather was rough. I guess the weather was like, they, they shot this in uh, late winter, but the winter that 
that winter uh, was brutal all the way until May. Oh. So even though they expected warm weather, it's still brutally cold. Everyone's miserable. It just seemed like a miserable set to be on. It looks like February. It does. And around Chicago. And I guess it felt like February the entire fucking yeah. shot, the yeah. shoot. But you don't feel miserable watching it. It's funny how none no. of that really translated. It doesn't. Which oftentimes it does. But not here. This is a perfect movie. Zero complaints. I love this movie so much. I'm so happy we, we ran into it. I was really delighted myself because I was like, because it did pretty, it was a uh, number 10 movie that year domestic. It made about 70 million domestic. So it was a, That's pretty good. certainly a big hit, but it's not necessarily guaranteed going to run it. It wasn't like Jurassic Park. It was like a blockbuster. No, 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 no. It was a, it was a very successful movie, but it wasn't, it was something that we easily could go for a while and never hit. So right. I was really excited when it popped up. I was like, Oh my God, we're going to talk about Groundhog Day. It's a good one. If you haven't Everyone. seen it, see it. Uh, anything else? That's all I got. We should talk about two tours. We should talk about two tours. Get those gummies. You still on them? Get on them those gummies. gummies. You're still on them gummies, huh? That's right. We all do gummies. I know it's been a challenging time period these last couple of weeks for you. So, um, well, only it's a good thing you have only challenge. I've been losing some baseball bets, but I'm, I'm, I'm uh, we'll see how things go tonight. Maybe uh, tonight, today could be your lucky night. But regardless, a good thing that you have your two tours. It is. I have a, uh, I have a. a a rap for two tours. <laughs> you have a rap? Yeah. You came up with a song, not just a song. Do you need me to beatbox? Delta eight is really great. Delta nine, not so fine. Get those gummies. <laughs> that is basic, but, but fun, but fun. That's good. I'm glad you thought about something like that. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> nice. Um, but you're still on them, right? I mean, is it, is it, is it still, is it nightly? Um, yeah, most nights. Most I, nights. I pop one most nights kind of, especially if I had like a, maybe a, a bad, uh, <laughs> yeah, bad, bad game, more common than not. <laughs> oh God. Geez. Sometime around after midnight Ugh. when you're settling down. Rough. Well, settling, they settle down when the West coast games ends. <laughs> oh no. Oh, Jesus. That, that's rough. It's been rough. It's been a rough couple of weeks. Uh, my ace Rothstein, my dream to be ace Rothstein from a casino is dying quickly. Um, but, uh, the gummies are great though. They, they, uh, they set them down. Uh, but they're, they're fantastic. I, I can't say enough for these, but obviously we talked about the saw before we talked about the droplets that helped me get to sleep. Um, I did, uh, I did have two again to test out what would happen. You did. Cause is this the first time you've done two in one night? I've done since two twice. The, oh, since yeah, first the, time, right. since Cause I think it was the first night yeah. you did that. And then you're like, Whoa, it, it did, did knock my ass again. It knocks your yeah, ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you, uh, yeah. well now, you know, yeah, now yeah. you know for sure. Yeah. Like I just, so do you think probably you'll stick with one from now on? Well, I, I it's interesting um, having the two, but uh, <laughs> it was, yeah, I bet. But yeah, it's like it, they definitely, they hit hard. And, and the great thing is, um, you know, it couldn't be more convenient. We talk about that a lot. Uh, oh yeah. They come Shift right, to your, right to your door. Right. Uh, if you use the promo code QW, you get free shipping. So it's, they're free. And then on that, but you get 10% off on top of that. Um, so great it deal. could be more convenient and uh, these work. I mean, you can ask, we've had a great response on social media with, with the fans of the show and, and couldn't thank you guys more enough for supporting two tours as well. But if people are, people seem to love them. They really do. Um, so if you're, you're kind of on the fence, just go get one, give it, give it, give it a whirl, get one pack um, and try it out. See what you think. Um, yeah. Cause I've only seen good things. I can speak from experience. They are awesome. Uh, and, uh, if you take two though, I just recommend mm, maybe, maybe, maybe stick home for the night. Yeah. If, if you're going to be home for the night, stick, take two for at least, you know, yeah. 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 Have you been around anybody when you've had one or two or is it usually well, later? What? Well, it's a pandemic. So I'm not really going to many people. No, but I mean, I, I, you stay up later though, right? Yeah. Then, uh, yeah. Yeah. Then, then Laura does. Yeah. Then Laura does. seen me have one and kind of relaxed. I don't think she's, I don't think she's seen me have she two. She hasn't seen the two. No, I kind of want to know what You're that's like by that point. Yeah. I just get kind of like, I get person. I mean, it hits everybody differently. So, yeah. um, 
I get uh, sleepy, like really sleepy, really quick, which I don't usually, I'm maybe most human beings are like this. I, it's a lot for me to get tired. Uh, I get very tired very quickly. Like I, yeah. like, like, I feel like I need to go to bed, which yep. is not a feeling I ever experienced. And then um, the room shifts quite a bit <laughs> for me. <laughs> so maybe try one and uh, see how you do, but that's good. I mean, at, they're powerful. You, you, get, want, you get your money's worth. Yeah. You're looking for of yeah, course. Then it, I, it just shows you that these are, these these are these and work. we're not talking about big gummies either we're talking about these little they're tiny these little guys they're little guys yeah, so they pack a punch there is maybe like a, a quarter of a penny or yeah, half a they're, penny they're this super, time. super tiny yeah they're, they're tiny they're, i think you know what else what they're good you they're like the way small. they taste i really like the way they taste <laughs> yeah they're good well Look that's gummies good. yeah get them how about uh, that, that rap i made that was uh, yeah pretty well, good right mm-hmm. uh <laughs> two tours.com uh code word qw get 10 percent off and gets shipped right to your door. Do you think I just thought that today? No, I can't, I can't <laughs> believe that at all. I can't believe it at all. two princes by um the spin doctors spin doctors very much a product of their time that fucking brings me back and it's kind of like everything in music was that in like 93 94 i mean no it was alternative right right okay that wasn't grunge right it was it was like this sort of hippie jammy music that they took most of the jammy out and just had the verses and choruses. So it's like it's like if you took fish, but like took all the jam out and then put them on the radio. This is what it would sound like. Um, it's not terrible, but like if you like this type of music, you're kind of a simple person. Like it's simple people music. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't like this. This is good. I mean, it's, 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 yeah. it's, it's so it's so of its time. Um, so I like this song. I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it. I'm for. I'm going to give it like a B. No, B plus. no, you're not. Well, no, no. The only, well, I mean, judging by that rap you just did earlier, that makes a lot of sense to me now. I, I, I me a B is probably, I, that's, so, that's, I, it's hard. So am I judging these on the songs we cover for this show or am I judging these based on every song I've ever heard in my life? You know what I mean? Cause the songs we cover in this show are traditionally quite bad. I think we judge movies by we that A to F scale is like of all it's the movies we've ever right, seen. So right. I think you got to oh, put okay. it in that so perspective. That's the case, then maybe it's a B minus song. Yeah, this is, but this is like compared to songs we cover in this show. This is easily in the top shelf. Like top half, probably probably in the top third, but that's not that's that's, that's pretty low, low, you know weak we've, praise. We've no, we've had a lot of good songs. Yeah, uh, maybe top doors. half. I for me, I think it's bottom half. But so I, I like this is my favorite Spin Doctor song. Um, there's some other ones that are better. I don't really. Oh, I mean, little, you know, Little Miss can't be wrong. So that's my big. second favorite, and then, and then you have uh, uh, Jimmy Olsen's Blues, which is third. And then yeah. honestly, I so I went, I I made it my mission the last few days to try to find another Spin Doctor song I liked. There are actually, I could not find them. They're all it. terrible. I, this is why this band went away for a reason. Yeah, there's um, there's another one. And on, Two Princes and uh, Little Miss Cape, Cape Run sound very similar. Oh, well, that, that's the problem. So I mean, here's, this was it. This was here's, 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 little, you know, here's Little Miss, uh, Little Miss Cape Run. That same group. It's fine, right? Little, 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 little Miss Cape Run. You can't hate you know, he wrote it about a stepmom. Do you see that? What? Yeah, you think, I mean, you think Little Miss Can't Be Wrong is writing it about a, like a jilted lover. Yeah. No, it's his stepmom who was like telling him that he wouldn't be anything. He wouldn't like amount to anything. He was oh. going to be, this isn't a knock in my mind, but you're going to be a janitor to school. You're going to live below the school and play your guitar to rats. Mm. 
And so he wrote this little like, mm, your little miss can't be wrong. I mean, I would have said probably harsher things about someone right. who said those things to me, but he didn't. And this is uh, Jimmy Olsen's blues. This is the Pockville Kryptonite. What's the name of the album? Yeah. Actually, this is the best part of, uh, this is the best part of it. But it's, that it's kind of this descending line guitar comp. Yeah. They're, all their songs are kind of like that. Well, all their famous songs. There's a couple of songs in the album that no, are they, different. Yeah, they're, they're, their sound does change a little bit. Yeah. So much for the worse. I mean, they just get worse and worse and worse. They're awful at the end. I mean, I, I say I was trying to find any song that I liked by them. Those like I, this is why these guys went away. These people, these guys suck. Well, I mean, album sales show it too. So this uh, this album is pocket full of kryptonite, sold five million. The next one, Homebelly Groove, two million. The next one, Turn It Upside Down, one million. We're talking worldwide. And then the fourth one, you've got to believe in something. Seven. Million. So the, the first one was five million. Five million. The next one was that was just a live album. Uh, Homebelly Groove, I don't think was a live one. I don't know that I counted that, was that not, one. That was not a studio album. Really? Yeah. So then maybe. Uh, so that had, I think that might have so had, probably had some of these songs. So let's skip over that one. So it's five million. So <laughs> to one million. Yes. And that's worldwide too. Yeah, and that's and that's what ha- like if you were alive during this time, you remember. I mean, I was listening to a ton of radio then, uh, a ton of alternative. Um, they go the fuck away. They van- like, They went hard. Like they were gone. Like I was trying a couple of those songs. I very 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 barely from um that second album, the one that sold a million copies. Yeah, I very barely remember. Yeah, there was a there was a uh, charting song. One of them kind of charted, but I barely. I mean, I think it would chart as high as forty two. But yeah, um, that's what I I saw. That yeah, but like I barely remember it. Um, and it makes sense. So they like did a bunch of touring. Um, did you see this like the Horde tour? So do you remember the Horde tour? I remember. I'm like, you're too young to. This this is like the jam band answer to like Lollapalooza. Lollapalooza is a little bit harder, more alternative. And I actually hit the Horde tour on the way back from, of course, seeing Fish in uh, 96. Um, oh, wow. They had a big festival in upstate New York. You went I, to it? Yeah. Oh, I've gone to two big fe- uh, Fish festivals. I really liked Fish growing yeah, up. Yeah, Fish is good. And I like... Uh, they're Rift, okay. the al- no, they're not really the good, album Rift, they're fine. The album Rift is a really good album. Trey is an amazing... They're amazing it was a bouncing musicians. around the room. That was a song. Yeah. That was like their biggest radio hit. But, yeah. that was, but that was their biggest it was hit. A, it was a big hit, yeah. Oh, you know. They're, they're For biggest, them, it was a big hit. No, there was a bigger... There was a bigger one. That's not a good one. Um, this is a stupid song, but uh, yeah, well, their tours were huge. I mean, they're huge. The, People just the, follow them around, right? Dude, the fish, the, those two fish festivals that I went to, which was a three, three day festival. There were probably 60,000 people with me. Would you want to follow? Were you hoping to follow them around or something? No, no, no. This is just definitely a one-off. Like it was a fun thing. My buddy, Ben, who, yeah, who moved fine. to New York, we went up and stayed and it's a fucking spectacle. Like they build a town around it. We've talked about this before, I think, but they build like this whole setup town, um, in, in like a giant field. Uh, huh. One was in uh, way northern Maine at an air, a uh, former um, Air Force base. Oh. So you have this like giant runway that you walk down to get oh. into this huge all field. Right. They build yeah. this whole town around it. There's a maze of corn, all sorts of cool stuff. Um, and it's, you know, it's really meant for people who are high. Uh, the thing is, it's any people that would annoy me. That's why I never went. I didn't really interact too much with I Like I, I kind of stayed and did my own thing. But, uh, but anyway, but we went, so the first one we went to was in 96. I was in Plattsburgh, New York, right on the Vermont border. And coming back, we decided to hit the Horde tour because it was it was on the way. I can't sure. remember the city or town that it was in. And yeah, so Spin Doctors were there. Lenny Kravitz was there. Did you see Spin Doctors? Yeah, I did. Yep. Do you remember that? You remember seeing them? I don't. Re- I know they were. I don't remember. Just, like, I stole out of your mind. I wasn't. No, not no. for the Horde tour. Actually, that not that ninety six fish one. I didn't use any drugs at all. It was oh, a second. That sounds like well, oh, was, that's awful. It's like going to a party sober. So no, like, no, no, no. Like, because I really like, liked uh, fish. Um, I liked the music. There were, and it wasn't just fish. <laughs> you're was, the only person who likes fish sober. That isn't true. That is not true at all. 
Uh, but it, the next one is the, so I was, I had just graduated high school when we went to the, that fit. it was right before college. So I hadn't really done, I in through yeah, high school. I didn't really yeah. drink. Yeah, I didn't I, I actually, didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't drink. drink. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't so, drink really either. I, so I just had fun. It was a trip with my buddy yeah. anyway, but we hit the horde tour, um, coming back and it was, who was there? It was Lenny Kravitz with Vernon Reed. Vernon Reed is a guitar player from, um, do 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 uh, cult of personality. What's that song? Oh, the cult of personality. I know the, the cult song. of personality. Know, yeah. Um, great guitar player. There was uh, Blues Traveler, of course, was there. Yeah. Black Crows, G Love and Special Sauce, Dave Matthews, Rusted Root, kind of like all of them. It's funny because Horde Tour started. See, I like get- most of those. But I, I would enjoy that show. I'd uh, enjoy that lineup. You enjoy uh, some uh, G Love? Oh, I hate this album. Yeah. Fucking hate them. Oh, I hate this CD. Hate G Love. It was fun when I was 16. I it's not fun. Either. This it's is fine. so repetitive. They, they, at least with fish, they're doing something. Like there's like souls and shit. These people just like jam on the same four chords the entire time. Yeah, that album's not so bad. And then Rusted Root is fun if you're like just kind of. The only problem is you can't understand that guy. You can't understand what the fuck he's saying. I, I used to get so. I didn't start listening to them until college. All right, we get it. I didn't start listening to them until college, and I uh, I used to get so drunk listening to them. <laughs> But you're probably right. Probably it's probably because it's unintelligent. It's just like it just. But I was just like listening. I'm just get like I remember being in my dorm room by myself and just getting like destroyed listening to Rusted Fruit. Of that ilk, definitely Dave Matthews is the best oh, of yeah, all of, course. of them, I, and no. he really elevates. So in the and first, he's also the most successful. Yeah, yes. I like Blues Traveler too. The they're fine. The they're good. They, that first album's good. We're four, whatever it's called. The one with the cat on it. Are you fucking kidding That's, me? I like that. That's fine. I'll, I'll say that music's good. Now that's good. Um, two or Oh no, here it is. This, this is so fucking annoying to me. It's fucking around, stupid. Right? Yes. This is stupid. It's fine. Oh, I play fast. Yeah, but you don't play good. It's fucking stupid. It's a good song. They do a song called Carolina Blues. It's a really good song. I don't know that. I might know it, but yeah, I fucking a, hate him soul. And he just like jizzes no, all over himself on no, stage. It's fucking annoying. Oh, he's a weird. He's a weirdo. Oh, this he was in Spin Doctors. I know he was in the I original. Was like, like Traffic Jam or something, or tra- Tractor Truck or something was yeah. the name of their band, right? But he was doing Blues Traveler at the same time. And then I guess because of that connection, they they would do a lot of especially when they were from the Horde Tour, they would exactly. do a ton of sets together. You had five bands who were big enough where they were selling places out there about a thousand seats, but there aren't a lot of venues like that there's not right and then you know so so and and then like any of the 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 touring sort of festival bands were doing much bigger stuff so they they had they they did this horror tour because they needed to find places to play that you know would fill about a thousand places they didn't want to play inside all summer probably because the you know blues travel guy was so big so you know what his face off you know what happened with that uh minor league baseball realized this issue and really? for the last few years um, that you, you've been seeing, if you go to, if you have minor baseball in your town, you might've noticed they have like concert series. And yeah, uh, so yeah, when I yeah. went to winter meetings a few times, I would be, I'd walk around and look at the other booths. And one of the booths was, that's what all this guy did was like, no, I have a bunch of these, like all like nineties artists, like new kids in the block people yep. or like not that big, but like those kind of guys sure. or, or boy bands. Great white. Uh, <laughs> well, hopefully not. <laughs> but something like Spin Doctors would be in there or whatever. It's like or Boys to Men. Yeah. They, they were a ton. They were like, and uh, they would play because you're right. If you if you can fill between like one and three thousand, there's not really room for you. But right. a minor league ballpark on an off day, it works perfectly and it generates revenue. Or sometimes that would be the promotion, like a free concert after the game. Yeah, and um and for like come see Boys to Men and come catch a minor baseball game and like so that was starting to become I don't know what's with the pandemic the thing, yeah. started, but, but you're absolutely right because these. Bands were like, we have nowhere to play. Right. We don't want to be inside stuck in these little. Yeah. If you play a thousand, you know, a thousand sounds like a lot of people, but it's a really, that's a pretty small venue. I mean, that's smaller than um, the music hall in Portsmouth. 
right? I think. I think that's a couple that's thousand. About, it's about, that's about a thousand. Is right? it about a thousand? That was a couple. Me, well, still, right. that's that's still pretty small. Like you, you know, you're still packed in there. In, yeah. the su- in the summertime with right and, and, and the other thing too is like minor baseball because it, it you yeah you can have a thousand but if you you can also maybe get five thousand you could like, yeah so it's like oh he's it. kind of banking on the you know and it also is it you can do it you can set up a whole, have a whole series it's just based on these road when it's road and you're outside exactly. summer and um and right you can pilot it's so like maybe maybe you do the game and the concert on the same day or whatever and maybe you get like you can sort of right hype it up between the two of them or other ones that were big enough could just do it on, on their own yeah like you know like uh, a larger band not dave matthews but like oh, some you know that next tier down was like oh well, we're bigger than the spin doctors we could probably sell out the stadium on our own so it, 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 you would see a lot more of it the last few years it became i don't know maybe it'll come back but um yeah i did kind of like this is called 40 or 50 it's off uh this album it's weird. Red It doesn't sound like them. It's just kind of a weird song. Yeah. I like it when they do something different than that stupid. Did you see this guy uh, marry two different Broadway stars? Uh, the singer? Yeah. Um, he married Laura Benanti. Uh, I have to mispronounce her name. She, you might know if you watch uh, the... Uh, Christopher Barron is his name. Yes, yeah. Chris Barron. Uh, if you watch uh, uh, Carell um, uh, on CBS, uh, mm-hmm. uh, she does the Melania Trump. But she's had a long, she's a beautiful woman, and she's yeah. had a long career, like way out of his league. I don't know what was going on there. He seems like a nice guy. Uh, but he had a, I guess they had a bitter divorce. Oh. And then he ended up marrying the uh, lead of the Kinky Boots. I don't um, know who that is. That's Cindy Lauper, uh, Broadway musical. Oh, oh, And really? he married the lead, and she's a big time, but Barbara is a huge uh, Broadway star. And then this one is the lead singer King Boots is a huge Broadway smash. So yeah, for some reason he's, he's got something about him. I guess that Broadway actresses. Love. I it's guess strange so. yeah. that he has kind of a goofy guy. in that world. Um, and I do actually like this guitar player is very good. Who left after the second album. But he came back late. Yeah. Later on. They all came back. Did they? Yeah. This guy this is a good guitar. Did you see how he left? He was angry. He oh, wait, he's, a, he's a guy who walked off stage. Yeah, that's right. They were in Berkeley. I saw that. Yeah. But this is a good guitar. This is a good. Is this good, is good. Right? Especially for a pop song. He, I think that's probably what's going on is he's more talented than this music. Honestly, he is. Like, he's got, he has chops. Mm. And this music is not, this is very standard, easy music. So if I were him, I would get a little annoyed playing that type of shit, too. Um. Yeah, so he bailed after the second. But album. then he's back, of course. But then he's back. Well, I mean, you know, if you're not exactly, maybe you should not make a little money. Place. I don't. Yeah, you're too big for your britches, buddy. Well, I don't know. By the time the fourth album came out, seventy five thousand in sales. How much money are you making? Yeah, I, I mean, know. Yeah, it sounds like they didn't all get along that well. I mean, they all seem like nice people, but yeah, they, they had a lot of band turnover. But then they all came. But they've been, the, but they've been together for the last twenty years, and they just play these like nostalgia kind of shows. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um. Yeah. They had their mo- this weird moment. You're right. It's, it, it brings you immediately back to 1993. Like it's exactly like this year. Like, you, like, yeah, you not like 93, like, 94. It was sort of this. Right. Yeah. It's like really 93 to me. It's really defines like 93 as like spin doctors. Like, and cause they were just on the radio all the time. Yeah, and on MTV. Yeah, of course. Uh, and on MTV a ton. And you're right. It just kind of embodied this weird. And then the second 93 is over, they were gone forever. My favorite besides Dave Matthews. Cause I don't put them in the same category. No, they're, they're super talented, but my favorite of these Blind Melon? Oh, okay. I really like this album, yeah, actually. I, 
I didn't love them. I didn't love them. I, I have nothing against them. I. This is a very similar Spin Doctor song, but a lot of the other songs in the album are very different. I, the No Rain song that got really popular. Yeah, is, is that video is annoying. But there's um um there's some beautiful songs on that album. Changes and uh, what is it? Sleepy House is a beautiful song on this album. And then he died young too in twenty. Yeah, Shannon Hoon. Yeah, they that never they never clicked with me. Yeah. Uh, I never had the. Did you? I didn't have this album. I had that album. You had the Spin Doctors? No, I didn't have the Spin Doctors. You had the Blind Melon. Yeah, I had Blind Melon. I didn't have either. Spin Doctor. Like I got. You just get tired of that. There's a thing. I never had an urge to go out and get it. I was like, but the but the Blind Melon. There was some. Well, I really liked that No Rain song more than I liked any of these. um, Not by the end of it. Not by the end of it because it was so overplayed. But it's actually kind of a pretty cool song. It's a cool song. He's got an odd voice. Like it's very. It's it's sort of weird and quirky. um, Where the Spin Doctors is so straight forward like you just get kind of you just get annoyed with it probably not probably now that song is more is worse but but yeah but it got me to buy the album and the album is mm. quite good there's there's some good stuff on it um but that's it i think uh, spin doctors had their time and probably don't ever need to oh the only other thing that's weird about this is he does like call and response he's like calling and responding to himself which is kind of strange like if you think about it one two princess neil before you that's what i said now that's it because you know why because they're a jam band so he's used to the audience. Oh, is that why? Yeah, I think oh, so. That's I think good, he's just, yeah. yeah, I think he's used to having that. That's interesting. That audience interaction. talking back to you. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, it's a good idea to do it, but it's a little weird to think. You know, when you, it's almost like you should have like a group of people on the albums saying it back to you. Like you have it sort of the chorus is the rest of the band kind of singing it back to you. But I don't know. It's a little weird. That's it. Is, it. it is. Yeah. That's uh, it. All right. Uh, personal stories. Uh, I'm gonna say mine till Saturday. Oh. Oh, it's the it move. Again. Oh, what's that? It's the move. It's, it's my move. It's your move. It's my move to save it to the to, the, move. to okay. the Sunday show. Actually, all right, it's not. All right, is that um, okay? Yeah, you can do every. Week. I, I could just. That's fine. I can make shit up if you want. No, no, no I, I could do, do a rap. Um, I did a rap earlier. Yep, you did. Uh, yeah. All right. So we'll talk about uh, my experience with uh, Babe Ruth baseball. Okay. All right. So, uh, I'm. It's right around this time is when I uh, uh tried out uh for. Babe Ruth baseball for the for the first time. Uh, I played the little league, you know, my whole life. And Babe Ruth baseball, how it worked in my town, how it works in most towns, was thirteen to fifteen. Yeah. Um, now I was um, a, a few of my friends had played the year before. I could not because I was younger. Uh, I was born in November, and the cutoff for school and everything else was September. So I'm o- always the youngest person in my class. Because literally no one can be younger than me because I, and the reason I was November was because I come from New York. Right. Uh, and it cut off in New York was December 31st. So in New York, I was the right age. I was on the younger side, but I was still the right age here in New Hampshire. I was significantly younger than everybody. I caught the cutoff by like two days. Cause last, you know, September 29th is my birthday. And, uh, Oh, and October so, one was the cutoff. Yeah. Oh, wow. like, well, so I was like Mass- the youngest person in your class. I was, right. uh, I think, well, I was in Massachusetts, but I think it was October one was the, the cutoff there too, or the um, last day of September. Yeah. yeah so, Always the youngest. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm the youngest by even more than that, sure. you know, by a couple months and I was small. Yeah. I mean, uh, so, you know, we pull out, you know, I'm going to audition, I'm audition. I'm going to try out for this, uh, for this baseball team. And I, I'm 13, but I, I could be nine. I mean, right. I, I was, that, yeah. I was that yeah. small. Yeah. I was not, I was not five feet tall yet. I was scrawny. Of course, I've always been scrawny, but um, I was just really tiny little guy. And um, <laughs> my parents were always really supportive, but we pull into the uh, tryout, which is at the, uh, does, the field's gone now. It's, it's been, uh, they built an addition, addition to my old high school, Co Brown, uh, Co Brown North Dakota Academy is where I went to high school. And that's where they had tryouts. 
And uh, I, we pull in the parking lot. It's a bunch of cars there. My dad's like, listen, <laughs> listen, you had the talk. Like it's, you, you know, don't get your hopes up. Yeah. Well, he's like, he sees how small I am. He sees these guys out there, 13 to 15. Some of these right. guys are like men. And he's like, you know, just do your best, but like, you're probably not going to make the team. Like just, <laughs> just be, just, you know, I, I said, I don't want you to, I don't want you to have false hopes. Like go in there, try your hardest, but like, don't expect to, to be making this team. And I'm like, I'm like, Oh, we'll see what happens, dad. I don't know. You know, maybe it's, you know, the, the park was filled ends up the other town Northwood was doing their tryouts the same day as well. Right. So there were two teams trying out. So they were actually, they didn't even make any cuts. I get there and the, they were just kind of happy to have me. Now I played that. I did play. They, I, I made the team cause they were, they, I was good enough when he's out to get cut, I guess. But um, there were only two of us, only two 13 year olds in the team. Everyone else is 14 or 15. Uh. Um, and the team was, was quite good that year. Uh, and I played left bench. <laughs> I know. And I was just happy to be, it was just fun to practice with, with my friends and a couple older kids. And, um, I, you know, I, every once in a while, we like a pinch runner. I was pretty quick. Uh, or I, you know, I go in like outfield defense, you know, but my, the team was actually really good. Sure. And we made it all the way to the finals that year. And, uh, we got annihilated in the finals. We lost like 15 to six. I played like the last four innings of the championship game, maybe at 13, but only because the game was way out. In fact, yeah, one of the coaches yeah. got thrown out of the game. He, <laughs> ended up, he got a huge fight. The umpire, he's got kicked out. He's, you know, punching his car in the parking lot. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in right field. Like, all right. Um, uh, but yeah, so I didn't play very much at all that year, but it was a really fun experience. Well, you know, if we talk, I have stories within that story, but I just want to, want to give a kind of broad overview of my, my Babe Ruth experience. Uh, so the next year um, was the funnest year I had doing, because now it's all my friends. Right. Uh, a lot of them were in their, their last year doing, I was still my second year. And then some younger kids joined the team. The team wasn't as good. I played a bit more, um, but um, I, I played a little bit here and there. It was like, eh, a lot of my friend, my friends were all bigger than me still. Like I'm still not very big. Uh, and, uh, that, that 94 year that when I'm 14 was a really hard, it was a year my dad was dying. Yeah. Like really, it was a really bad year. So the baby was almost like a nice little outlet. So it was a really fun escape for me that summer. Uh, and we made it like the second round of the playoffs, but we, you know, we were, we, we weren't as good as we were the year before. We lost a lot of talented guys. So the next year I did it, I'm 15 and this year I was completely checked out. So I had grown, um, uh, between 14 and 15. So now, um, I don't know, five, nine, that's a, uh, that's a, that's a, oh, I grew so fast. That's big. I had stretched. I went from four eleven to, uh, like five ten in one year. Jesus Christ. Yeah, like I had like stretch marks on my legs. I, my legs were aching for I bet like, they were. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The doctors said that they thought like my dad being sick, I stunted my growth. And then once he died, like I kind of like got the green light. I could grow, I yeah. guess. And, uh, I just shot up cause I'm six. I'm almost six two now as a grown adult. But, uh, so this was that year I was growing, but I was growing. So I was, I, I was taller, I was bigger and, uh, I was much better. I, I, but I'm I sure wanna, I, but all my friends were gone. Yeah. So it's not as fun. All my friends had their, and not only were they gone, they all had their licenses. Oh. So they were all, we were all doing stuff. They're like, so like, do you want to play? Do I want to go play Babe Ruth or practice? Or do I want to go to the mall with my friends? It's like, it's a no brainer. Cause yeah. all the kids left on the team. Uh, remember when I joined the team, it was just me and this one other kid who was still on the team, but we weren't like super friendly. We yeah. just were, I was left bench. He was right bench. And like we, other than that, we had really nothing in common. And everyone else in the team was younger than me. And right. I don't really like, really like them. Like they were fine. They were good kids. I had nothing, but like, we they were your friends. They group. were in my friend group. Right. And, um, 
so I, I played like here and there. I go, I batted like over like I almost bat, I almost batted five hundred. I think I batted like four seventy that year, something crazy. You know? So you had a good year, great year. But I never played. I would play like every like other game, uh-huh. and um, my coach was kind of annoyed with me because it's like Chris, like this. I was kind of hoping, you know, this was kind well, of play me all the time then. Well, okay. he did play me all the time. Oh, I thought you said you. Played. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't score. I didn't show up oh, the games. I, see, yeah, I was I at the see, mall with my friends. You know, like yeah. at the food no. court, hitting on girls, like yeah. having fun. Because I was, I was really too old. Even though I was fifteen, but I was basically sixteen in my mind because yeah. my friends were, and I was. I mean, I was going to be a junior in high school. Like it's, it's too old for that. And um, I don't want to spend my whole summer, my jun- junior year, like yeah, playing baseball with thirteen year olds. Like this is not fun. And um, so I, and the season ended, and we made it to the playoffs somehow. And, uh, I played the playoff game and I had like four hits. We won. And, um, but then my coach is like, I'm, we're going to, we'll, well, I'm going to have to call the league. And actually we're going to have to disqualify that game. I'm like, why? I said, cause you played. I said, you wanted me to play. <laughs> you asked like, me to play. Oh God, I, they could barely feel They had a hard time getting kids to do it. I think you could start to see like, I don't know. It was a very loose, laissez-faire team. It was very much like a 90s baseball team. Yeah. But you could see how shit, stuff was starting to shift, becoming more organized, like super hyper-organized. And this wasn't it. It was like very casual Babe Ruth. Right. And um, so, you know, for me, they needed me to play to have nine guys at that, at that game. And he's like, well, you didn't play in half the game. So because of that, we, you, you can't play in the playoffs. That's dumb. I'm like, this is, just, let's keep doing it. Like, what, no one cares. Like, no what one do we cares. Do here? He's like, no, I can't in good faith do that. So we, uh, we forfeited the last game. Maybe we had a forfeit, which is kind of sad, which we won. I had like one of my best games, but like it was kind of a sad ending. But I, I, and I felt like, I think part of the reason he did that too was to make me feel bad. Yep. Like you should have shown up to more stuff. And like, and like after I got the four, he's like, see what you can, you can do. I'm like, yeah, I've been doing that all year. He's like, yeah, but you didn't, you haven't been around. Right. Like, you know, you know, we have practices with eight guys, seven guys sometimes because you're not here. And like, you know, these younger guys are looking up to you. You're the, but I'm like, but this isn't my group anymore. Like, it wasn't fun. I'm going to do it. I guess fun. the only thing, the only thing you could have done is just not play that year. Yeah, that didn't even enter my mind. And it probably should have. I thought it would be more fun. Well, once I started, like, it's kind of thing where like, you go and you're like, you look around, you're like, wait a second. Like, this isn't yeah. what I signed up for. Like, yeah. this isn't my, my friend. Like, none of my friends are on the team anymore. And like, they're all doing cool stuff. Like, I'm sorry, I'm 15. I'm going to get, you know, no fit. I don't have the awareness to be like, oh, I'm just going to put my head down and get through it. Like it wasn't like, it's a summer. Yeah. I'm going to have fun with my friends. Like right. this isn't like, it was, it, I, but it never crossed my mind not to play. Does that mean, but if I didn't play, then I would have guys anyway. So it was almost like, I, I don't know. To. Yeah. But it was such a sad ending. I, and I could tell how sad my coach, like he was bummed out less kids were doing it. And then he was bummed out because he, you know, like when I wasn't playing, I helped him do the lineups and I would like, Especially when I was 13, I think he had like nothing for me to do, but like, yeah, I think he kind of liked my, so he had me like, go, go coach third base or something, or go do this. I'm like, sure, I'll, you know, I was so happy to be there. Sure. And then have me a couple years later be like this tall guy that wasn't really, didn't want, want to be their obligation. I, well, I kind of blame him for not getting you involved in the first place. You know what I mean? Like if he would have done a better job the first two years. I, I felt involved. I, I was, I felt like I don't, I don't like that idea. Like when you're that old, like the talented people should, I don't believe in meritocracy. I don't believe in like, sure. But maybe there was something, I don't know. Maybe could have coached you up a little bit and you would have, you would have done a little bit better and then you would have played more. And I don't, I don't know. know. I think I was, made you I was tiny. That team. What are you going to do? I'm like five foot tall. Put the, <laughs> put the C on your chest. Eh, but I, I think it's, uh, I, I just didn't want, and I just didn't want to be there. I think that bummed him out. I think it was also like, I was like almost like the embodiment of what was happening with this team too. Sure. Like, and then a couple years later they stopped existing. Like, you know, they disbanded and, um, you know, it, it, it's just kind of how that sport went. And, um, 
but it was a really, you know, this, this summer in particular was really fun. I just made the team. I, I felt like I didn't belong. I felt like I was too young to be one. there. It was almost like the, the older kids let me in, yeah. but I talked to Laura about it. And I, you know, I spent my entire life being, even in New York, I was one of the younger ones. And uh, in New Hampshire, I, I was so small to boot. And it was just like, if I ever have a kid, so let's say I have a kid your age, you know, it's like a couple of days or I can, I'm going to hold my kid back. There's nothing to be gained. There's nothing to be by gained. Pushing a kid for, and Malcolm nope. Glado, a really interesting article about it, about how it benefits kids to hold them back a year. Oh, it, became, it went to his book. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and um, it, it's, I cannot agree with it more. My experience, um, I, I, I was always small. So like, I never, I, to this day, I've never dated a girl older than me. Like, cause every girl in great, like my grade was like older than me. I was so tiny yeah, right. and I was so small and I was mentally, I was on their level. Sure. But physically I was not. Yeah. And I looked, I just, I always felt tiny and small. I never felt like I was. And it sucks like when I was playing with people my age, I was just as I wasn't like I wasn't like Tom Seaver. I wasn't great, but that's okay. I could hold my own in yeah, sports, sure. right. but it made me like less likely to try out because of these experience like stuff in high school. I was like, ah. Eh. And then by the time I was actually like grown, I'm like I wanted to. And maybe you're right. Maybe part of it was because I hadn't had success in younger years. I was like, eh, isn't as much fun, you know? Like so, like I experienced the same thing in uh, yeah, playing soccer. Like when I was playing people my. Um, in my own grade, right. who are a year, a year and a half. Some one of my best friends was almost two years old. My best friend is over is two years older than me. Right, Brian. and yeah. and I was so I grew faster than you did, or at least more consistent. So I was kind of average. I mean, for my age, I was always very, I was always tall, right, but not for my grade, right. Um, and that's how so, it was in the early part of my elementary. Yeah, but then junior high, I was you just it took I was you a little tiny. longer, right? Yeah. Um, but then, but so that's what would happen in soccer. I'd play with people, you know, in varsity soccer. They were older than me, but. But then I would play like league. Uh, Manchester United was like a like a summer league. Play you kind of play you tour a little bit, not really, but a little bit. Like you'd play in Massachusetts or Maine or something. But yeah, but I'd be playing with my age group, right? So it would be people who were a grade or two younger than me. And then I was like the one of the you best, like best players on the team. Exactly. Like I was faster, stronger, had better skills. It makes yeah, a huge, huge difference. Two years for a, a growing boy. Yeah, is, for someone who's is, fourteen years old, it's a anything, big difference. 10, 13, 12, yeah, 8, ten. It's a huge giant difference. difference. Yeah. It is a huge difference, and. To, expect to compete with these you know they have like you know armpit hair and I, you know it's <laughs> no, just like i'm like i'm not even five foot tall like i yeah. can't you can't compete with that and um you know it's and then when you can compete it's it's just not people you want to compete with it wasn't no. like wasn't my group and it wasn't fun i i i liked it. it was a reset when i was playing the traveling team it was people that i didn't know at all so it was kind of like they didn't there was no backstory to me and like you know at all so i could just it was i was i was more confident like i went in and i, I was, was the size of everybody i was super confident i was always i probably was always, always probably too confident i remember being a freshman and mouthing off to seniors when i was in high school and like they were like they would literally like pick me up and like like, <laughs> like shut up shut the fuck up kid one kid picked me up, like, i'm gonna i'm gonna throw you back to nursery school <laughs> you know like, like i was just I, I was always a really cop way too confident guy so it wasn't that for me but it was um i guess it was confidence on some uh, just simply athletic ability that's what i not, mean I know, like or not socially, yeah. right oh yeah, no yeah. you're right there is that it was just but like for me though my town was smaller than yours than what you were yeah, doing sure. so like I just felt like I'm with the little kids or the younger kids. I'm like, I don't want to go. Like I was literally with freshmen who I just right. terrorized all year. I don't want, I don't really want to hang out with these people. Like this isn't fun. Um, I have nothing in common with them. Yeah. Um, and it was, and 
it was just was just not a really great experience. It is, but it, it, I felt like I, I did feel like I let my coach down. My coach, by the way, had died. Has died. Oh. Um, uh, Skip, he died. He died. And I, I'm bummed out about this. I didn't know he died. Uh, uh, died about ten years ago, and uh, he had uh, broken up his wife, and I think he had some family issues and everything else. And uh, I don't know. He had, he had I don't know if he had a ton game. of people at his. But I would have gone to his. Wait, he was a he was a good coach with me. He really was. He's probably my favorite coach I had, which is probably why it, it did upset me. I let him down. Yeah. Um. And uh, I would have go. I would have gladly gone to the funeral. I mean, I, you know, gladly is the wrong word. But I would have, you know, uh, obviously gone to the funeral and paid my respects. Um, and I'm bummed out. I didn't know. Uh, it wasn't on social media. Like I said I think he had some yeah. calling out his family, and yeah. uh, uh, and it's just sad that that's how it went for him because he he was always good with me. But I, I yeah, I stopped stopped being fun, and I stopped going. But if I if I if you know if you're young if you're a parent and you have that ability to be able to hold your kid back, I can personally my experience. I cannot recommend. I think it's a good now. idea. There's no, there's no reason to rush. The only reason to rush is if you feel like you need to, you know, if both are, you know, both the partners need to work or something. I can understand that, but, Ugh. but I, but if you can, if you can swing it, I if think you can really, yeah, it, I think it, you it should makes hold a back. Huge, yeah. It makes a huge difference. It's a, uh, you know, brain development too. Like I, so I was in a grade with, I didn't get algebra my first time taking it. My ninth grade in ninth grade. Yeah. I couldn't like conceptually understand that X could mean any variable. Like I just didn't get it. And then sophomore year, you take algebra two, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I get algebra. This makes a lot more sense now." It's like you're you just need to mature to get there to get get some of that like the the, the concepts. And yeah, I, th- I I think it would have been better had I waited. It's like it's you think about it, like it's not just your year you're a year younger you know people get left back people go to like readiness i know that's still a thing, but it was when I was in school. So you have two years. Yep. And you know, girls are talking about you know going on dates, and all you want to do is go home and play with your baseball cards and and you know wiffle ball you know you're you're not you're not in the same league as these people these no. people are are you know young adults and you're very much still a kid and uh it you know it definitely affected me socially it definitely affected me uh obviously playing sports and stuff i i i am holding our kid back as long as i my kid is gonna be like 30 in first grade <laughs> oh, uh because great. Annie, you also on the long run you know i know you mentioned like you know financial reasons so you push the kid ahead guess who gets scholarships for athletic things Guess who get that's true. Who who get a lot of those upper hands? It's so especially uh, you know for boys and girls. It's having it's having that kid a little. That's true. Being able to wait a little longer, you have a better chance at it. And uh, even in pro sports, which I know you're not, kids not coming pro sports. It's such a that's such a lottery ticket. But most pro athletes are kids who have got a later start, if you will. Yeah, there are people who take like a prep year, prep school year yep. too, right? Yeah, so yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I so uh, that's uh that's that's, that's a story. That's, that's some story. Yeah. Fun. Babe Ruth was a, was a blast. I, I had more fun playing Babe Ruth than any than any other time I liked playing sports. I got tired of baseball faster than I got tired of the other sports. So by my sophomore year, and I think I played my freshman year. I didn't make like varsity freshman. I just played the town league, and even that, I was like, I don't feel like playing. But I, my family kind of convinced me to. And then by the sophomore year, I was like, I'm, I'm done. I liked baseball. I just got bored with it. Or you know, there's soccer and there's hockey. Like those are. Kind of See, I spot. love the uh, I the, the thing I miss most though isn't hitting; it's running the bases. Running the bases, is I fun. love running yeah. the bases. I miss it. I I miss it. I like playing defense too. I like playing uh, outfield, chasing down, chasing yeah. down ball. I played all over the field, but but uh, yeah, I, I I had fun, but I just got I got bored with it. Um, news, sure. Andre Rene Rusimov. Do you know that name? No. Andre the Giant oh, okay. uh, was inducted into the WWE uh, Hall of Fame um, this week. No ceremony. He died January 27th of this year, and oh. he was the first inductee to that Hall of Fame. The first inductee was Andre the Giant. Wow, yeah. how about that? Yeah. 
sad. He seemed like such a nice guy. I mean, I know he had like problems and stuff. But he seemed Bill like a Simmons nice did a big documentary about him, right? Is that what I don't know. I haven't, I haven't Bill seen Bill Simmons did a documentary on him? I don't I think know. So. Yeah, they he, did a thing. It's HBO, I guess. He was the first winner of the WWF's main event against... Hulk Hogan, maybe? That's right, yeah. Oh, he went two years in a row. Not and, a big uh, wrestling one that, No, me neither. But, uh, I, but I don't, you know, he's cool. Uh, Princess Bride. Fezzik. Don't like it. Don't like it. Yeah, it's a very good movie. Um, March 23rd, Kevin Johnson, KJ. Yes, Phoenix Suns, maybe? Of the Phoenix Suns. Nails Doc Doc Rivers on a screen. He's playing defense. And he oh, sets really? the screen. Two little guys. Elbows him. Doc Rivers, knocking him to his floor, yeah. knocking him to the floor. Um, Rivers chases him down, basically like tackles him. Bench is clear. Yeah, and there's like this fucking melee at at, uh, at right at center court. Um, both teams were really good was that Rivers year. Rivers with the Knicks that year. That point? Rivers was with the Knicks. Yeah, Suns versus so, Knicks. Yeah. yeah, they both were good teams. Yeah. Both good teams. Um, I think the Suns were having kind of a transcendent year for them. They were like that forty-eight the, and twelve that was the or first something. Barkley year, right? Barkley had left. They got no. rid. Of, yes, they got rid no. of Barkley. No, yes, no, they didn't, Matt. I swear to God, Matt, they, they didn't. I just read I, it. I know, today. But they, I don't care. You read. They did, they, Charles Barkley did not leave the Suns till the late nineties. Was that what it was? Maybe yes, they got I, him. Did why they get him? Why would you ever argue to me? Why would I ever argue anything with no, you? Any this, sports? Like, this, like well, wait, this specific like, NBA baseball stuff. Probably, probably. Well, I don't know about NBA. I mean, take take, take a seat. Yeah, you got the, good. You got good NBA knowledge I, too. I had seen tickets Celtics for three years, I, I, and I, I know. Oh, so I you also know games. a lot of things. I know you know a lot of things, but don't like act shocked. I'm just. I, I, I am so shocked. Any any time anyone would any like if I said this is how it was. Just I'm not going to just take your word for everything. Don't remember gonna, the Knicks? Didn't we also have wait, this wait, issue with the Jets? Maybe. Yes, that's fine. But I also like, I was reading it today too. And I know, so, but I don't care. It's <laughs> not, I don't care whether you care or not. I'm don't, like, you I'm, also, don't you remember this? Like he was with the Suns in the, in the 90s. Like he was with the Sixers and he got traded for Jeff Hornacek and, around this time. It might have been this year. Uh, and then he was with the, was the Suns. So maybe he, was the are you year. saying this is his first year the in first, the Suns? Yeah. So I think that's what happened. I, I think yeah. I just reversed the trade. That's all. I was just fucking having a conversation. No, you, get all you fucking, said no. No, I was like, wait, wait, because I read it today. So I, right. my first instinct is to go with my, like, you know, what I read today. Not with what you tell me. I'm not going to just take what you tell me. If you me. said, if, okay. if you, yeah, but you could, you don't have to be argumentative about it. You could just say, hey, Matt, no, I know. And then I would think about no, it a second. And then no, you would talk to me. No, you, you, you know, well, that's fine, but you don't have to be a dick about it. it uh, yes, I do. No, you don't. Uh, if you, yes, I do. Uh, if you, no, you don't. I, no, you don't. I do. No, you don't. No, you did, but you don't have to. I don't treat you like that. If I know something that you don't know, I don't treat you like a fucking idiot. Yes, you do. No, I don't. You're no, I don't. Known for. No, I, I'm not is known it, for that. No, I'm actually a lot kinder to you than you are to me. Uh, a lot kinder you are so i made a mistake i'm sorry all-knowing chris you know everything about sports i'm sorry uh, i know why uh if, if it's not that no you are kinder to me i'll give you that you're, yes, you're right i am but you are much more condescending that's, oh. that's your trope that's your that's what you're known for whatever i mean i'm condescending if you if, fine whatever fine. That's, what, that's what you do yeah i tend to give I'm you a nastier, lot but you're more condescending i get i give you the benefit of the doubt a lot more than you give me the benefit of the doubt that's uh, definitely true I don't know if that's true. I'm kinder. I'm certainly kinder to you. I agree with that. Yeah. yeah until you fucking yeah, but, make me snap. But, you, but, but you're like, condescending. Fuck it. I'm not talking about this anymore. Right. Dan Johnson broke the 500 meter speed skating record. 36 seconds. 36.02 seconds. This must have been what? Like Olympics time? Maybe. 90. We're in 93. Yeah. We're in 93. So it wouldn't have been no. Winter Olympics. Maybe I don't know. Like one of those like, like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 3602. And then this Matt, week, Matt, the 65th. Matt, Matt, fuck. <laughs> the 65th Academy Awards is held. Unforgiven. Oh. Oh, uh, knocks us out of the park. This, oh, who who was in it that year? This is Unforgiven. So best picture oh. and director. Hackman wins uh, for for yeah, supporting. Nice. Al Pacino, of course, for Scent of a Woman. <laughs> Worst performance. He shouldn't have won for this one. Eh, at least he got one though, right? I, 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 Not I, for this. He should have got I, it for this. Oh, it sucks for this. 
Yeah. I, I don't, I, you're, you're, you're obviously correct, but I'm just happy. He got, what if he didn't get any though? That's my whole thing. It's like, eh. Yeah. He should have gotten a couple. Oh yeah. Matt's, Matt's all upset. I'm holding it in. That's <laughs> all upset. Look at him. I'm fine. What are you He's at? mad. He's mad. No, I think I've ramped it down. Okay. I just had to tell you to fuck off a little bit. Yeah. You, you want me to be kind all the time. It's never no, not happen. all the time. You sometimes. Want me to be kind at all. Sometimes. Yeah. yeah. It would be nice. Yeah. Here and there. Well, imagine if I wanted you not to be condescending. Why expect things from people they're not going to deliver on? I no, actually, I think um, I, I think if you said, hey, Matt, you're being condescending to me right now, I might actually take a pause and like think about it and be like, oh, yeah, maybe I am condescending right now. Sorry about that. <laughs> but maybe just don't be condescending. It's like asking me not to be nasty. It's just part of our, this is what we do. <laughs> it's, oh, this is what we do. I don't think, I don't think it's a bad, I think it's funny. Like, I, that, like that wouldn't bother me. Sometimes it's funny. Sometimes I've had enough of it. Today I had <laughs> enough of it. <laughs> well, how about this? If I'm nasty to you, you could just be condescending back to me. That's, so if you're kind of saying to me, I'm nasty back to you, right? That's how I deal with it. I don't know. Maybe. Well, that's what I do. Yes. Whatever. That's what, that's what I do. That's what I don't, you just, just be kind of saying back to me. Just, Congratulations. Yeah, right. And now you've won. What do you mean I've won? <laughs> no, you haven't won anything. You're wrong about Charles Barkley. A terrible take. Fine. It's not a take. I just remembered terrible, wrong. I'm terrible. sorry. I don't remember memory. everything. I don't remember all the facts that you remember that's about That's what exactly is. That's my whole thing is. So the first yes, time, but sometimes. If you go back I, to the videotape, you'll see you hear I'm like, no, Matt. And then you, but then when you argue me is when I lose my shit. When you're like, no, no, I, I read this. And you're like, oh, no, but no, that's no, not no. How I, that's not how I did it. It's like, wait, no, no, wait, I, wait, wait, wait. Because I read this today. Like, I, you know, I was the one that was picking the news. So, right. I, but I wasn't mean about it. It's just no, like, wait, wait, wait. No, no, you weren't mean. I just didn't want to be challenged by Charles. I just like, I, I said, imagine if I challenged you on a cord or something like something you've like spent your whole life. I probably wouldn't be a fucking complete dick about it. I probably would uh, be really condescending. No, I don't expect you to know. I don't expect you to know how to build a, you know, a a C cord. I don't expect you to know Charles Barkley's career path. I really don't. Good. Right. So then when I say it, this is what it is. And just, so we're back on, uh, tomorrow, uh, with, uh, what are we doing? Um, Oh, falling down. Yep. Phil Schumacher. See you then. Bye.